You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Last week, we began a really important conversation about the the concept and the reality of moral injury. Now, a quick definition of that could be moral injury is something that tends to turn up when you have a a vision of the world that's fundamentally good and fair, and then something you see, you witness, you experience destroys that vision. And sometimes that destruction of that vision can deeply impact uh, your conscience, and it can threaten some of the, the most core convictions you have. And often what may result um, and symptoms of this are deep sense of guilt, uh, sometimes anger, uh, an, an inability to feel like you can live into your purpose, like not being able to bring your whole self to the roles that you have in life. And we looked at what what is the what does the Bible have to say about this? How do the teachings of Jesus connect to this? Uh, this idea of being bruised and burnt out in, in our souls. This week, we, we want to look at a, some real practical teachings from Jesus and in, in scriptures um, that help us identify what happens when we separate our inner world from our outer world, when there's a bruising of the soul. And then how do we move from the bruising of the soul, a divided life, how do we move from that to a, a, a life that's moving toward wholeness? So let's consider some of the teachings from Scripture and from Jesus that help us identify these things. Consider this. When the soul is divided and there's bruising that's occurring, hurry, worry, and fury fill our lives instead of an unanxious confidence in the utter goodness of God. Jesus taught this. I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. Don't they sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into the barns? Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? goes on to say in verse 31, Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Non-believers long for all these certainties, is what it's saying. Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus himself promised in Matthew chapter 11, come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. We don't have to live a life on a loop of hurry, worry, and fury. When we seek Jesus and his kingdom, he can lead us toward a life of unanxious confidence in the utter goodness of God the Father. Now consider this. When our being is disconnected from our doing, often wounds unrevealed remain unhealed. We carry these wounds around with us, these wounds of soul. These wounds unrevealed remain unhealed, and we 
We're either transmitting our pain or we're transforming it. We're transmitting the hurt and the anger and the pain into other people's lives or we're transforming it into something good. In the book of Isaiah, it gives this picture of the servant King Jesus. It says this, It was certainly our sickness that he carried and our suffering that he bore, but we thought he was afflicted, struck down by God and tormented. He was pierced because of our rebellion and crushed because of our crimes. He bore the punishment that made us whole, and by his wounds were healed. Lift your wounds to the light. Bring your hurts to the healer, because hurts revealed are healed. Now again, consider this. When our being and our doing is disconnected, our actions are disconnected from our gifts, values, and core purpose. Proverbs 19 reminds us how important purpose is. Many plans are in a person's mind, but the Lord's purpose will succeed. Like God has made all of us for a purpose, for a calling, and we're connected to that, we're linked into that. There's there's such a uh, there's so much more meaning and joy in our lives. I connected with some some teachers, people who care deeply uh, about kids and about helping our 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 community. And it's been a hard few years. And and I asked them specifically, what what keeps you in this game? What keeps you going as a teacher? And the responses all came back to purpose. One of them said, I I had I grew up with so much more security and so much more in my life than some of the students I teach. I, I want to create an environment where they can feel safe. I feel called to that. Uh, another said, I feel, I feel like I was born. I was built for this. I'm gifted for this. I want to help kids grow. Uh, so much of their ability to work through challenge comes back to purpose, to calling. I want to encourage you to reconnect with your calling, with your gifts, the God-given gifts. Because when we do that, I think that's where the meaning and joy and purpose comes in our lives. Now consider this, when we find our being disconnected from our doing, often our prayer lives can shut down. I love this scripture. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in every situation because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Prayer is so important. I know for my life personally, when when I'm struggling with, with meaning, when I'm struggling with feeling burnt out and that sense of bruising of the soul, my prayer life can start to wane. And when that prayer life wanes, I'm not feeling connected with with the Lord. I asked some people in the helping profession, specifically in the medical field, you know, what kind of what kind of prayer requests um, do you have, and how important is prayer to you? One person said they wish the church knew how powerful prayer was. They said if if people understood how much prayer matters, I think. I think we wouldn't like turn the faucet of our prayer life off. Another person said, um, I wish people knew that the helpers need help too. It's just so important to, for our, our own lives to be praying, but also to be praying for each other. Prayer connects us. It connects us to the purposes of God and helps us see into the lives of other people, gets us outside of ourselves. So I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with like lingering doubts and burnout and guilt, and you're going through that bruising of soul, don't turn down the prayer. Turn that up. 
Now consider this, when we have that disconnect between our being and our doing, people close to us can see through us. If we're projecting like everything's great, everything's fine, or we're, we're, we're projecting into our roles in life um, what everybody expects us to be, uh, often we're not, we're not bringing our whole soul to the world and we're not being authentic and real. And other people who are close to us can sense that. Jesus spoke to this idea of the division between our inner and outer life. He talked about it like this. He said, you can become like, uh, like a grave that has become whitewashed. In Matthew 23, it says, you are like a grave that's been whitewashed. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of moldering bones and decaying rot. This is crazy. When, when our, uh, our soul is disconnected from our roles in life as a, as a mom or dad, brother, sister, in our professions, a neighbor, a friend, when we're not bringing our whole self um, to our roles in life, uh, we begin to molder. There's like this decaying happening. I had to look up the word molder, and it means to slowly decay or disintegrate, crumble into particles, especially because of neglect. When we neglect our own souls, when our souls are so bruised and we're just used to pushing through everything and projecting what we should be to everybody, we never heal uh, the wounds that we carry in our souls. And people close enough to see that in us, they're not fooled. They can see the disconnect between our inner and outer lives. They can see the pains that we carry or the anger we carry or the maybe like the, the self-deceit, like we're deceiving ourselves. They instinctively come to distrust and protect themselves and withdraw. Or worse, they can begin to amplify and project our darkness that we're spreading to them. And the division that we might have in our own lives, they might start spreading that through their life. The force of our shadow the shadow side of our life, uh, can push people that we need in our life away from us. Or our shadow extends through our loved one's lives, those who are close to us. Our carbon dioxide pushes away life-giving oxygen, and our division inside becomes divisions on the outside of our life. And again, the major effect of having an unhealthy, divided life and soul that we never bring our full selves, our whole souls, to our roles in life as a brother, sister, a father, a mother, our, our profession, uh, uh, being a friend. And I think Jesus leads us toward an integrated life, a life that shines and vibrates with health, is moving toward wholeness. Jesus taught this, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who's in heaven. Now consider this, when our being is disconnected from our doing, our inner light or grace cannot illuminate the outer life and work that we do in the world. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. Remember this? A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on a lampstand and it shines on all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you're you do, and praise your Father who's in heaven. It's so important that we don't let these, this barrier remain between our being and our doing, our inner life and our outer life, that we, 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 we don't let something block the light and the grace and the gifts that God has given us so that other people praise him, so that other people can, can get a taste of what our heavenly Father is like. We need to shine that grace and that light out into the world 
So, so don't let something cover the light in your heart. Lastly, consider this. When our, our inner life and our outer life are disconnected, our being and our doing are disconnected, we also find that our, our darkness, our inner darkness, is not as easily pierced by the light and grace in the world. The light came into the world and people loved darkness. This is talking about Jesus coming into our dark world. People love darkness more than the light, for their actions are evil. All who do wicked things hate the light and don't come into the light for fear that their actions will be exposed to the light. Whoever does the truth comes to the light so they can be seen, so it can be seen that their actions were done in God. There's instinctively, like when we have a divided life, we have this wall between our souls and our roles. It's not as easy for God's uh, grace through other people and circumstances to break through that inner darkness. And I think that's important to know that 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 wall blocks our light from shining and the grace that God has given us into the world and then God's grace from the world back into our souls that we need. Let the light and grace of Christ into the dark places. Let the light and grace of others pierce into your darkness. John chapter 1, again, it says, the light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, God's kids. When we open our hearts to God, the light can come in. When we soften our hearts, we become children of God. I want to encourage you to open your heart to Christ. If you've never done it, or maybe your heart has become calloused and hard, Let the light and grace of Jesus in so you can remember, oh, I'm a child of the King. I'm a child of God. Now, as we looked at these practical teachings about the things that affect us when our hearts and our souls are divided, I want you to pick the two areas that resonated most deeply with you. Maybe the two areas that the Spirit of Jesus seemed to highlight in your life and dig into them. Ask why. Do some soul excavation and ask God to help you work on closing that gap of a divided life, the inner and outer life that God has given you. He wants you to move toward wholeness. So let's step into that together today. Guys, I love you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message, or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.